This is Raider for On The Raider, coming at you with another edition of On The Raider, as we always talk about local and national sports and pop culture, episode number 86. Let's get to the news. Unfortunately, former Giants head coach, who took them to the playoffs three times, and he passed away from a heart attack at the age of 71, and he also last worked in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. He was coach of the year. He won two UFL championships. Fassel passed away at the age of 71. He played for the Bears, Chargers, and Oilers as well. He was one of the more successful coaches in Giants history. He also had spent time as a general manager and president in the UFL League as well. Rest in peace to Jim Fassel. Uh, rest in peace to former Dayline NBC correspondent Michelle Gillian. She passed away. And director and editor Milton Moldes Ginberg passed away. He's, he's famous for writing and directing Come Apart and with Rip Torn and Sally Kirkland and The Werewolf of, Wa- of Washington starring Dean Stockwell. He passed away at the age of 85. He suffered from cancer prior to his death. Rest in peace to him. Then we lost actor Ned Beatty. This dude is one of the most famous character actors of his time during the 70s and even the 60s, including Deliverance, All the President's Men, Network Superman, Back to School Rudy, Toy Story 3, he won. A, he was nominated for Academy Award, two Academy Awards, an MTV Movie Award for Best Villain, the Golden Globe, and he also won a Drama Dark Desk Award. He pretty much at 83 lived a very long life, and he did many things, and one of the last things he ever did was he was in this thing called Baggage Claim and the Big Ass that was movie-wise, and when it comes to television, one of the last things he ever did was the show called Go On, and he was also an episode of Law & Order and CSI as well. So rest in peace to Ned Beatty. And in baseball, we lost former starting pitcher Mudkent Grant, who played 14 seasons for the Indians, Twins, Dodgers, Expo, Cardinals, A's, Pittsburgh, Pirates, and he was a two-time All-Star. He also led the league ALN wins once in 1965. He had a winning record 145 and 119 losses. He had a 3.63-year rank and 1,200 strikeouts. Passed away at age of 85. He um, he's famous for serving as public publicity director for the North American Softball League as well, and he's dedicated to studying promoting the history of Black people as well. And he also released a book called "The Black Aces," based only African American twenty game winner. That was pretty cool. The book was featured in the Hall of Fame during the Dutch Week in 2016, and George Bush even honored him. There was other pictures. As well, he also was a, was awarded with an honorary doctor of humane letters from Whittier College. So rest in peace to Mudcat Grant. And we also lost E. Wright, e, you know E. W. You know writer at 26, Omar Sanchez. Rest in peace to him. Basically, MLB Network, excuse me, MLB Baseball as a whole has announced they're going to work with Action Network for gambling. That's interesting. And Peyton Manning announced that he's been announced to be the 35th player entered into the Ring of Honor for the Broncos. Congratulations to him. And Nikola Jokic won the MVP award. And based on who they were nominating, you know, for the award, I said he was the best one listed. I still think that Chris Paul should have won the award. But, of course, he was not even in the top three, which is they do in baseball as well, where they nominate three people as well. Now, obviously... Nuggets would not be there without him. And, of course, you know, Steph Curry was up there, so was Embiid, but Embiid missed a lot of time. And Steph Curry didn't come on until the end, so that's why it made perfect sense that it went to Nikola Jokic. 
Rest in peace to the Scholastic Book CEO, Richard, Richard Robinson. He passed away at 84, if I had to mention that last week. The Blazers are moving from Root Sports to are moving to Root Sports from NBC Sports Network. Just so you're aware, ESPN Hockey announced some of the broadcasts. You got Kevin Weeks, AJ Malesko, there's Malesko, and then Ryan Callahan as well. So Ryan Callahan, a former player, is going to be one of those analysts. And Dak Prescott announced he's leaving Adidas for Jordan Brand. He signed a four-year deal. Most people, when they have foot injuries, they don't really be leaving from one thing to the other. But that's interesting. Congratulations to Anthony Priss on 700 career assists. Tina Charles, second most double doubles. Sue Bird has the hit 900 threes in her career. Now she just got the second most threes. And Candice Dupree has played 140-80 games. Congratulations to her. Unfortunately for the Hawks, the Andrew Hunter is going to be out for the playoffs. And he's a very important role player on that team. That's not good. LeBron James, even though he said he was going to switch to number six so Anthony Davis could be number 23, is officially doing it this upcoming season. He's moving to number six. Anthony Davis, though, is going to keep the current number he has. I thought if he had the opportunity to play 20, wear number 23, he might as well wear it, but he's going to keep his number three. Pacers and the Orlando Magic have both fired the coach. Last week we mentioned that they they fired Terry Stotts. Well, this week they fired Nate Borgen of the Pacers and Cleve Clifford of Orlando. And here's the thing with Orlando. They're always good enough to just hover into the playoffs or just miss the playoffs. So like the middle of the pack. And that's the worst place you want to be because then you're not going to get an immediate player in the top five or you're not going to be a top seed in in the playoffs. So that's the issue. So Orlando just keeps cycling through coaches. And the last time they had a good coach was when Stan Van Gundy was there with Dwight Howard. But that was because he had Dwight Howard in his prime. It's The thing is, I don't, it doesn't matter who the head coach of Orlando is or even the GM, they just don't have talent. They just got rid of Vukovic, who's on the bowl, and Aaron Gordon was sent to the Nuggets. So the hope is, between Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, that maybe this team has some young talent going forward, but they definitely need a whole reboot everywhere. The lineup is not good enough. And with the Pacers, they've been a playoff team pretty much every single year. It's the, the reason why it just makes no sense to fire this guy after one year is because they fired... Nate McMillan at the end of the season, despite him making the playoffs so many years in a row, that it was like, okay, fine. Yes, the Pacers this year were the 19th and they didn't make the playoffs, but that was because they've had injuries, man. They got rid of Victor Oladipo. Sabonis missed some time. This team is, as I said, like Orlando, good enough to hover in the playoffs and be in there or just miss it because they were a top five seed before. It's more the fact that they should have kept Nate McMillan because look what he's doing with the Hawks. The Hawks are a playoff team. They could be in the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe even get to the Finals if things go well when he took over. That was Indiana's fault for doing that. It's just because Nick Nurse is good. just mean anybody sitting next to Nick Nurse, like anybody sitting next to Sean McVay and the Rams, deserves to be hired. So Indiana has the talent with Sabonis, Miles Turner, and TJ Warren, and and Malcolm Brogdon that they could be a playoff team in the East, which isn't that strong. But the thing that they're going to need is a head coach that actually is good because that just didn't work out. The Blue Jackets have hired Brad Larson, and Gerard Gallant is now the head coach of the Rangers. Congratulations to them. Packers player Jace Sternberg is going to be spending two games with a drug drug suspension. That's not good. Speaking of the Packers, former Packers player Charles Woodson is going to be on the NFL Fox kickoff, and then all the major networks, NFL, ESPN, Fox, CBS, they're all going to try to hire Alex Smith, who just retired, so that's interesting. ESPN Daily is ending. So for those who are interested in reading that, that is coming to an end. Starbucks announced that they've filed a trademark for stadium rights because they want to own a stadium. Now that's going to be cool. Um, 
Jerome, uh, linebacker Jerome Baker has signed a three-year extension. Congratulations to him. And speaking of awards, Rudy Gobert also was announced his award. He won his third Defensive Player of the Year award. Him and Giannis and Draymond Green in the front court, and Drew Holiday and Ben Simmons. I kind of would not probably put a Draymond in there, but that's just me. The second team was Bam and Jimmy, and Joel Embiid and Matthias Thibel, two teammates, and then Kawhi Leonard. So no issues with, with those teams as well. Now... They're announced that the some of the hockey playoffs is going to be on Peacock Premium. People are not going to like that. I would not if I have to pay for it. And with uh, Jokic, you know, losing in the playoffs and being swept, he joined Moses Malone, Kareem, and Magic as players who were subbed in the first round. So that's not good. Howard Bryan has joined Metal Arc Media as a, as a writer and a contributor. That's going to be good for him because he's been a longtime journalist. Indy 500 is going to be staying on NBC. That's good. And defensive end Kerryon Chison has got COVID-19, so hopefully he gets better. The Eagles picked up Nick Mullins again. The Eagles are not really going anywhere, so yeah, you might as well sign Nick Mullins. Siakam has surgery. He's going to be out for five months, and he may miss the start of the season. And the Raptors had a disappointing season. It's kind of circled around him and Lowry, but Lowry's a free agent, so it's really going to be on Pascal Siakam to be healthy and to lead this team back to being a good playoff team. And Serge Ibaka, as you notice, has been out for the playoffs for the Clippers. That's not good for them. And now, just some other news in sports. Willie Blumquist has been officially announced as the head coach of ASU Baseball. Congratulations to him. And Brandon Crawford is now playing the most games for a giant shortstop with 1,326. And Charlie Blackman has second most hits in Rockies history behind... Larry Walker, you know, passing Larry Walker, excuse me. So that is really cool with 1,300 plus hits. Mike Hazen, the GM of the Diamondbacks, announced he's going to take a personal leave due to sickness in his family. Hopefully everything goes well there. Nationals announced they're full capacity, joining a lot of the other teams. That's interesting. And unfortunately for the White Sox, Mitch Adigal is officially out for the year with his injury as he tore his hamstring and, and like, some ligaments in there. He thought, oh, it'll be a couple months. No, he's out for the year. The Sox can catch a break. They lose... Eloy at the beginning of the season, then Robert and now Madrigal. That's three of their best young players. A judge had rejected the lawsuit of returning the All-Star game to Atlanta, so sorry to be for them. TLC, the first Sox player with eight straight starts with a wins over a single opponent. The last major leaguer to do that in general was Jamie Moyer. Brian Goodwin, who the White Sox 38th player to hit a home run in his Sox debut in Sox history and had five RBI since 1920 in his debut. The Phillies-Giants series is going to be streaming on Peacock for free again. As I mentioned, hockey's going to be on there. They're trying this whole entire, ooh, let's have everything streamed on there as well. And the Tigers was the first had, was, was the first time for them using two position players ever in a game to pitch. That's interesting. The Tigers have been along for a very long time. It's the fact that they haven't had that. That's interesting. The A's have exercised the 2022, op- the 2022 option of Bob Melvin. Might as well. He's a good manager. The A's always make the playoffs. Hopefully he gets better. Steven Matz announced he's tested positive for COVID-19. And Major League Baseball announced they're going to institute a 10-day suspension for players using substance, foreign substances on the baseball, like the spider tech thing. Because back in the day, people were spitting, using nail filers, putting gunk on the ball. So they might as well be cracking down on that. Vince Carter, Carl Lawson, and Candace Parker are going to be amongst NBC's Olympic basketball broadcasters. That's cool. Blue Man Group announced they're going to set off for the Broadway tour this September. The Vikings have officially signed defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson. Draymond Green has been one of the players announced he's committing to Team USA. 
and Sue Bird is officially, as I mentioned, second all-time. She passed it the, previously, and now the NBA announced they're also their first, second, and third team. And in the first teams is Jokic and Giannis, which makes sense. Steph, Luka, and Kawhi, that makes sense. Second team is CP3, Damian Lillard, Julius Randle, LeBron, and Embiid, that makes sense. Kyrie and Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. I'm not sure if I would have gone with Kyrie. He took a lot of time off this year. I may not have gone with Paul George, but for the most part, they got it correct. And I mentioned Kenny Supreme's fifth all-time in games played. Kenny Courtney Vandershoot is the fourth player at WNBA history to reach 2,000 career assists. Congratulations to her. And um, we're going to get to the television and pop culture news because as I've been recapping every show that has ended their season on a finale or the whole entire series has ended, there's just some television news. Both Robbie and Stevie ML announced they're returning for Code 8 sequel on Netflix. And um, WandaVision announced that they announced that WandaVision is not coming back. That's what the actress Olsen said. So for those who are fans of that, I'm, I'm sorry that's not coming back. And... Um, The Blacklist star, Megan Boone, is leaving after eight seasons. And Cruel Summer has been renewed for season two at Freeform. And Big Mouth spinoff Human Resources announces Randall Park, Kiki Palmer, and Bryant to join the cast. And yeah, so basically, I knew that Rebel was going to be canceled. And I had no issue being canceled because I just thought it was not a great show. And when they announced it, I was like, cool, I'm correct. But at least the way the season ended is they were they they won the case. Spoiler alert! And things have been wrapped up a bit. And yeah, they're gonna start like it, they were gonna investigate into a new case. They're pretty much they resolved all the issues they had, and that's a good thing for a show as well. Valerie Bertinelli now she's gonna play Demi Lovato's mom in a new sitcom called Hungry. They're gonna see Demi Lovato get at the TV because she was on Disney Channel and it's been a long time. And then the show Clarice that I announced would be canceled. I didn't think it was that great, but I thought it was better than Equalizer. The rumor was it was going to move to the Paramount Plus. Well, now it's not going to go to streaming because there's some issues back and forth with the rights. So that look, that show looks like it's dead. And um, Liam Neeson said he's not going to be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, reprising his role. That's interesting. Jamila Jamil is going to be the supervillain in She-Hulk. Being from like a DJ and whatever else she did before she got the good place role and then she had she has a game show, she's now becoming a supervillain. Cool for her. Aurora Patheu from the... From the prodigal son, she has found herself, Perenu, she's found herself a new gig and she's going to be on Westworld Season 4 after that show was canceled. Milo Ventimaglia after, you know, this is us, and he said he's going to be on Season 4 of the the Miss Maisel show. And Kristen Kruick said she's joining the Jack Research show. NBC announced they're going to add a TED TV show to Peacock. That's going to be cool because that was a pretty good movie. Let's see how that works. Valley Fighting Night added a Mortal Health. Mortal Kombat, like Health Bar, that's interesting, trying to use technology there. And in the Nanny, the Nanny, they announced they're going to be a Nanny musical, and then in Bachelor in Paradise, I mentioned poor David Spade is going to be in there, they're going to have Lance Bass, Little John, and Titus Burgess continue to rotate with David Spade, and uh, the Girls 5-7, like that girl band show, that's been renewed for season two, Conan's last guest he announced is going to be Jack Plack, and along with audiences, Taraji P. Henson is going to play Miss Hannigan in the Annie Live musical. That's going to be cool. And and some things here. The MacGruber TV show has announced their cast as well for the show. 
and um and that's gonna be interesting because McGruber was a very funny show and um they announced that Sam Elliott, Lawrence Fishburne, and Mickey Rourke are gonna be some of the people that are on the show on Peacock, so that's interesting. And the shows that NBC canceled this week officially were Manifest and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And the Jane Levy, the woman who's on it, ex, you know, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, she goes, I guess NBC wants to just have guns and violence. And here's the thing. When the show came on the air, I thought it was a little quirky and odd. It was like glee, but more of only in her head where she could see all the people sing and dance and tell their emotions to her. And I was like, this is a nice show. It's got, it makes you feel good. It makes you a little sad. But it's, you know, it's a very redeeming show because she's trying to help people with their problems. They're singing and dancing. Skylar Austin, Mary Steenburton, to name some actors are in the show. And it's pretty, it was a pretty good show. I got really hooked on it. And I said, it's so good that NBC will have to renew it. And guess what? They did renew it for one season. When it came to season two, I was like, okay, once you renew a show, I'm thinking it's going to be good. It's probably going to get renewed because NBC a month ago in, in, you know, May said, oh, we're not making decisions on Manifest or Zoe or Good Girls or debris because obviously they weren't announced for this fall schedule like well we'll wait well debris canceled manifest canceled now zoe and i'm ups- and i'm upset that it was canceled but at least with this show her and skylar austin are together he obviously now there's a little twist that he saw her sing and dance and do something and that's gonna be that would be interesting to see how that goes but they also said they were trying to get it to peacock streaming and that didn't work and i'm just like well nbc just loves the idea that the blacklist is on friday nights it's Law and Order night on Thursday, and it's Chicago night on Wednesday. And New Amsterdam, as much as I like it, it's a procedural, it's a medical show. And this stuff won't be on, but they're going to show something new, I guess, on Tuesdays. And Monday night's always something new. But again, it's a one-hour cop, military, you know, uh, a law enforcement agency, medical, or some sort of thing. And it's like, okay, they don't have room for something interesting. Because they're already not announcing they're having sitcoms in the in the fall. So... They already just want to jump down our throats with all these cop and procedural shows. So I'm a little upset they canceled Zoe. But with the fact that I got two seasons out of it and it was all pretty well, I'm not that upset. When it comes to Manifest, the show had a love triangle, trying to splurge so many different genres. A lot of it was over the top with all these things coming at you, trying to explain stuff. And I thought a lot of people who watched NBC are like, we just want to see firefighters, cops paramedics or doctors and uh, law enforcement agencies or like the bad guy in the blacklist or the family soap opera which is this is us in a way that they was all over their head and it got renewed for season two and i was like okay let's see where this show goes maybe they'll get better and it started to improve somewhat during season two but i added a new love triangle and more junk going on in the show and i haven't been able to watch season three because i wanted to see how the show starts the next season after it ended last seasons and then when it ends i'll be able to tell you and they and they canceled it i'm like okay it defied odds it got more than one season i thought it was only going to get you know one season and then when it got two seasons and then when it got three seasons so when i watched season three i'm like okay going in i know it's the last season you know it got a lot out of it i like the idea of them trying to solve a mystery of where these people disappear on the airplane and all the different angles But they went about it in the wrong way. And pretty much when they went about it in the wrong way, that's kind of where you lost me. But I decided to stick with it because I thought it was an interesting enough show. 
So that has been canceled. Now, SEAL Team, I finally got to able to watch the final two episodes. And based on the fact that they want to make everything real, PTSD, problems at home, infrastructure issues inside the military with how people are doing things, your outside distractions, and they've done a good job of that. So they said, you know what? We're going to kill somebody off on the show, and and they decided to kill off one of the characters. They weren't going to kill off Clay and Ray and the, 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 the one who has the dog and the medic, and they're not going to obviously kill Dave Baranis' character. And I said to myself, okay, so they're not going to kill off any of those people. And that was like, okay, cool. So they're not going to kill off anybody. Like, people have left the show and they've been back before where, you know, the woman who worked in the, in the CIA, she's left, you know, for the time Davis left, Sonny left for a different time, Clay was injured, they killed off David Baranis's wife, and at the same time, Blackburn left, and they got a new person in charge, and then they have somebody above their head, he's in the show, and I'm saying to myself, okay, so they've done a very good job, you know, they weren't going to kill Trent or Brock off, they're pretty fit, so they said, let's kill off Full Metal, who barely was in season one, and then they they introduced him more and more. And yes, he's a tall, big dude doesn't talk, but when he talks, he's important. And he's like a big dude, tall, buff. And here's the thing. He was a consultant on the show. And here's the thing. He he um, he actually served in the military and served a couple of tours. And, he was, and that's why he was a consultant on the show. And they wanted to portray things real. So they said, we're just going to kill him off and how Jason has to deal with the fact that he and Clay try to save him and all that other stuff. And, you know, whenever I see trailers where they shaved, I'm like, oh, crap, somebody died because it's happened before. And they wanted things to be real. And the fact that the dude has been on for a long time, they just wanted to do this. But, yeah, the fact that he served overseas and and uh, the fact that he actually was in the military, and they had already had him on there as a consultant, and then they actually said, you know, we're going to kill him off. So just happy, like, rest in peace to Full Metal's character, because I really got to appreciate his character. And then New Amsterdam, they ended it where they flash forward to a month, where, you know, Bloom is doing her thing, and she does something illegal. Then you have Reynolds, what he's doing with a married woman. And then you got what Iggy and his children are doing. And then you got the fact that they keep trying to get they always hinted that Max and Max and her would be together. And I said, huh, Dr. Sharp and Max would be together. And I'm just like, okay, they finally did it. I was like, what's the point of introducing Daniel Day Kim? What was the whole point of splicing that episode together for COVID issues and having Jocko Sims leave and then come back and then being at the bottom ring and stuff? But yes, just if you're going to get rid of Daniel Day Kim's character and have Helen and Max be together, then also Max fighting for the custody. And I was like, okay. So you're ending with the two of them doing that, Bloom doing her legal thing, Reynolds being with this married woman on the side, but at the same time, her husband works in New Amsterdam, and I think he was the heart, head of the you know the heart department, which he used to be. He gives him a promotion in some sort of way, and he or he's directly his boss, but that's kind of be awkward because he's sleeping with a guy's wife, and he probably doesn't know that, and that's the sort of thing where got all that to tangle, and Izzy doesn't want to go back and do his job. So they had a lot of interesting plots in this season, and I'm glad that they finally came back to the show and it was on. But for the most part, I'm like, eh, not the biggest fan of some of the plot directions they were going this season. And then 
final thing that I got a chance to watch was Black Black Lightning final two episodes. And as I said it for the longest time, the show's a little bit racially diverse, not very racially charged and political, and it's all about Africa, you know, all that stuff. And the small little town of Freeland and Michigan, all that other stuff. And they got to centralize it to there, and it's not really outside. Now, the interesting yeah, spoiler, we find out that even though earlier this season I said Jennifer's body is different and it was somebody else, we find out that it, she was, the you know, the energy stream she was in took on her body and tried to take over her life. And in this thing, there's emitters down and, and they have no powers. That's why Tobias goes like, all the metahumans don't have powers. They can be they could be arrested. I have this, you know, captain trying to arrest them. I'm trying to, I, be, I rigged and I become mayor. And again, one of the other issues is Tobias being the villain pretty much every year. Now the Markovians coming and the government agency that put him in lockdown and, you know, Wayne Brady's character working for the Markovians. Those are was a little nice reprieve to have the Markovians, Wayne Brady, and the government, the ASA, trying to, you know, imprison them all in their town. That was a little preview because I was tired of having Tobias being the only villain. That's why, like, in Arrow or DC, they keep bringing, in the DC Universe, Arrowverse, they keep bringing back, you know, Malcolm McDowell's character or John Barryman's character. And I'm like, okay, they bring him back, but they're not, like, all the time, every single villain. That was an issue. So, obviously, the meta, the meta there's a meta that controls people. They got her, Painkiller was helping out. The goal is they got to shut down the emitter. They got to also shut down the meta place that has DNA because they're harvesting DNA and things like that. And the, um, the, the, you know, the captain takes some of the metahuman genes and Jennifer's got to stop her. And supposedly the second last episode ends where we think Black Lightning's dead and everybody thinks he's dead and they don't know what to do. And of course, he's not dead yet. He's trying, he's going to, he's going to come back and save the day. Gamby's girlfriend who works for that agency was helping because her, technology was taken over and used against people and taken their from unborn babies you know their dna tobias owns all the companies where they got to get the, the you know the minuters at the, the dna and the fact that there's a shadow council would have been cool if going forward maybe gamby and black lightning try to take down the shadow council who's controlling all these major towns they're controlling metas across the world and he and I, but at least tobias killed one of those people so that's a good thing and when he thought he was dead, he got to talk to his father, which is nice that you can have that, like, moment because he witnessed his father die at the beginning of the show, if you don't remember. And because Tobias killed his father and Tobias, we never really said, is he really a metahuman or is it just a drug that he keeps taking to make himself live longer? And and he, is he trying to break three? You realize there's some sort of electricity crystals in the ground. And then, of course, the coolest thing is the ultimate fight with Tobias because even when he shoots, like, lightning, something Tobias improved to his, you know, to his to his powers his electricity doesn't really affect them unless it's like really high voltage and the fight ends and the fight ends with like of course Tobias trying to shoot him instead of actually him trying to help him and eventually of course Tobias said I'd rather die than get your help so of course we knew that was going to happen they fix the kill order and painkillers thing so the piercers won't be killed, but then he forgets her, which is probably why they put that kill... The only way to get the kill order out was so he wouldn't be with Jennifer, even though he was doing all the things for her. And he, and he, his line is, I give my, I would always I always thought I'd give my life for her, but not forget her. So, And, of course, there's not going to be a painkiller spinoff, which is very stupid. And, you know, Jefferson and... and uh, and the and his wife get remarried because in the show they're pretty much separated and divorced and stuff like that. So Lynn and Jefferson get remarried. They renew their vow. They're 
but before then they're celebrating Anissa's wedding with her wife and stuff. That was cool. And then he goes, I'm retired. They're like, you're retired again? Yeah, I'm retired again. So supposedly he's passing the torch of Thunder Lightning and he's calling, you know, Thunder's wife wild, which is interesting. Gamby said he's retiring, giving to TC, which is cool. And the best part for me is when they, when the assassin put Tattoo Man in this concrete and he, you know, because every time he dies, he wakes back up. But if there's no air, how's he going to do that? And he, because they were fighting around in uh, Tobias's man, man, you know, mansion apartment, it knocked over the concrete and Tattoo Man was there. And I was like, cool. It would be cool like an arrow where they have the children, they're trying to get the children spin off, but I'm not sure if they're going to do that. But that would be cool because they're not having the painkiller show. But yeah, that that it was a it was a nice ending because they finally got an end to Tobias and things ended on a good note. That's what I really liked the way they ended it. And then the CW announced the fall lineup. So what they're going to do is Killer Camp is coming back. So is Penn and Teller. So is uh, Nancy Drew starting on the. Friday, October 8th is going to be the first thing as well. And then Whose Line Is It Anyway? And World's Funniest Animated Videos on Saturday night. Legend Hidden Temple, Killer Camp will be Sunday. Wednesdays is going to be Legends and Batwoman. Batwoman's no longer on Sunday. And the good news is Coroner, I'm guessing season three was filmed last year in the summer, I guess. And then they showed it this year and now they're going to get it because that was one of the only good shows that CW was having the rights to. That's cool. Legacy season four is coming on Thursday nights. Monday's going to be All-American with the new with the new show, 4400 on Monday. Walker's is going to be on Wednesdays, but Legacies is going to move to Thursdays. Just They're going to stay debut on it. They're just debuting the same night's corner until, you know, Walker comes back. And then Flash and Riverdale are going to be Tuesday nights in November. But, yeah, thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar. As always, we talked about local and national sports and pop culture. For all those who passed away, rest in peace. For all those who tested positive for COVID, 19 hopefully you all get ready and uh you get healthier and you're able to get back there onto the field and um and uh the uh this was episode number 86 thanks for listening to on the radar and always on the radar media.com on the radar entertainment blog facebook on the radar youtube and on the podcast, Google, Apple, or Spotify. Radar442 is my Twitter handle, and it's also my blogger. Thanks for listening to another edition of episode number 86. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.